This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Hello, quarantine. I still haven't come up with a term and I won't ever. It's fine. Folks, it's me, Steve. It's Craig. We're back with another Flyperbole under quarantine. Oh fuck! If you're nasty, and oh, we and I am. are here in our houses, stuck as always. <laughs> I can't. I you know I just lost the words out of nowhere. Quarantine brain. That's what I have too. We're Quarantine always, brain. It's it's so. <laughs> exactly where we're at right now. No, we are here for another single topic Flyers podcast for you folks. This week, we are going to be talking about our favorite Flyers goals of all time. I think everybody has a different favorite flyers goal it really depends on probably when you were in high school but <laughs> uh, yep uh, looking on the list yeah that does play same. Hand, but, yeah same but you know spoilers there if you know our ages and if you don't well listen up you're in for a ride i don't know if it's a fun ride but we'll find out along the way yeah we'll definitely travel some places but uh we're gonna talk about some sweet ass goals that's pretty much what it comes down to and uh i believe our top five are different it sounded like it going off of uh Pre-show talk, the PST. So uh, yeah, uh, Joel Otto, Michael Hanzus, yep. I can't Adam Burt. Can't think of any goals these guys have scored. In a the Gooch. <laughs> Gooch, yep. All these guys. The Hamburglar, Grimace. They're all on the list. They all have some pretty incredible Flyers goals. So we'll look forward yeah. to it. No Gritty, though. Who would have thought? Not gritty, yeah. That would have been number one on there with a the bullet. But, uh, I mean, so you want to talk about some of the ones that miss? Some of the ones that I am thinking of that I did not put my top five? Or you want to get right into it? Well, I can take down my non-N95 mask and, and talk about this real quick. Okay, all right. Lay it on. I, I, I just wanted to mention real quick that I, I don't have an official mask. I don't have a surgical mask. I don't have an N95 mask or anything. I'm wearing an underarm face mask, which makes me look like a ninja when I go out in public. So I, <laughs> I wear a Phillies hat on the top just to make it look less seedy <laughs> and suspicious. Yeah, because that'll definitely, yeah, that'll definitely. That does, I do want one of those, though, because I, I do have a, um, although I do have a N95 right now, but I just got it uh, last week using it for, uh, started using it for Instacart, so feels. But you don't feel, feel like a ninja when you wear it. I do not. But I feel pretty protected. Uh, I feel pretty nice going out there in that thing. So ah, see, I don't feel protected, but I feel like a badass. You feel like a badass, <laughs> yeah. Probably look like more of a badass too than uh. Well, I kind of look like, <laughs> I kind of look like the Invisible Man, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know when he's got all the bandages on, like I've got sunglasses and this like full like <laughs> head garment on. <laughs> I think you should. I, that's how your podcasting, right? Too right. Just in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My voice isn't muffled at all. It's a great mask. <laughs> somehow working. <laughs> yes, somehow working. No, we are here. I've got the pop filter. I don't need that stuff. I'm good. I'm good. 
Because the pop filter keeps out. Because that, that's how it works, right? yeah. <laughs> no, this is, I'm in my safe place. I'm in my safe place. Let's talk about Flyers goals. Enough with this crap outside. Let's talk about some fun stuff, some nostalgia now, for all you folks. I wanted the – you mentioned this. This is the first one I put down outside of my favorites, but ones I wanted to talk about. And I think it was the first one you mentioned to me tonight. And I remember it because <laughs> this was back a couple years ago when we were fortunate to have uh, – press passes for Flyers faithful and I was actually in the press box when this game went down Flyers were down 4-1 to one to the Blue Jackets going into the third period storming all the way back to make a 4-4 to four with about a minute and a half left Drew got the puck at the side of the net he was to the left post put the puck on his backhand and while falling over managed to no look backhand a shot top shelf past Curtis McElhaney to win the game I remember that goal because it was fucking obnoxious and it's then, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And then also just being in the press box, and it was the one time that I said anything after a goal, because when you're in the press box, you're not supposed to react at all. But this goal was fucking nuts. And I think I remember, I think I was sitting next to Dave Streely and Charlie, and I just remember, like, leaning back and being like, oh, my God, and just, like, put my, I had, like, a hand on each of their shoulders, being like, what the fuck was that? And that was my Your professional, professional courtesy. Yeah, just that was goes. my most unprofessional moment in the, uh, yeah, but that goal, if you go You back turned and watch, into a Texan all of a sudden, like, you just, it, like, Charlie <laughs> looked over, and you were in a giant cowboy hat and a bolo tie, and you're like, gee golly, boys, we got us a goal right here. <laughs> I They look over, I was just standing up, throwing a glass of water in my face, just being like, good lord, what was that? Just screaming. <laughs> so that's that. Oh my god! Go ahead and look at that goal. Very good. That goal is absurd. And there's, unfortunately, Claude Giroux doesn't quite make our our top here. I, I would say we we got a loose top five here. But oh, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say but, we're doing different top five. My he has one that made mine. So, uh, so yeah. The the other Giroux goal I wanted to mention that. I don't think it makes my top five. We're talking like memorable here. We're not talking necessarily like the best, most sick goals possible, but uh, the one where I think you told me it was not this season and I'm still going to say this season because it has 2018, 19 where uh, the one where drew danced around McDonough and pulled the puck between his legs and then finished the finished play on Vasilevsky. Right. Is that the one where he also lifted the stick? Right. Yeah. He like put put the puck between his legs. He was going uh, six of midnight between his legs, and stick lifted McDonough at the same time. The puck was going between his legs, so he could pick it up and then dunked it around him. That yeah. that is like such an absurd goal. It is just it's... so badass, like force of will kind of goal. Yeah, and I my favorite things about that goal, and I I'm pretty sure this is correct. The, to show you how that was all Drew, the primary assist on that goal, I believe, is Andrew McDonald. So if you ever, again, because we're going to talk about Drew for years when he retires, and when people are like, you know, I don't think he did enough to help this team win, be like, hey, you remember when he danced through an entire fucking NHL team, and then the guy who got credit for it was Andrew McDonald? Like, those are the things you have to remember. And when that goal was, he danced through, I'm pretty sure he danced through three lightning on that play, and then also undressed Vasilevsky for the goal. And it's just a game that's just going to go down as a goal and a six of five every time lost to the Lightning during the 2018-19 season. That's what happened. Yeah, so it's just a uh, pretty that goal. That one was my Drew has a ton of really good goals that just they're regular season goals in games that ultimately didn't have any playoff value or just I guess people just forgot about. But that that one. Uh, the one against the Jets in 2016, when the Flyers needed wins down the stretch to make the 2016 postseason, dying seconds of overtime at home, Ghost was able to uh, 
they had just missed a chance. Ghost was able to steal the puck while he was on his knees and set up Drew with a pass real quick. Uh, had the presence of mind to put his stick on the pass rather than pass it over his hand to avoid a hand pass. I got that one. Uh, you said Drew's against the Lightning. Drew's against the Senators in 2017-18. Really random one. But it was a breakaway where he pretty much just uh, un- just embarrassed Craig Anderson uh, and his entire family right there. So that was a good one. Uh, Drew's against Atlanta way back in the day. Do you remember that one? It was the one where uh, Jim Jackson came up with uh, all he can dazzle, but Drew carried the puck through the neutral zone against the Thrashers. And then pretty much backskater from the blue line in to score. I think. You know what? I might have to look that one back yeah, up. Go ahead. I barely remember the Thrashers as a franchise. At this yeah, point. <laughs> that goal. I only remember that one because it was it was one of the goals. Uh, it was one of those goals you watched the entire play develop and about halfway through. You're like, what am I watching right now? And what then he ended I up. Uh, I think he beat Yohan Hedberg too. But uh, let's see those. Drew's overtime goals. I had a uh, well. Drew's shift against the uh, the Penguins. That's a great one, Carl. and yeah. I think that a hundred percent warrants talking about. Uh, oh, up yeah, there, yeah. that's probably a top ten. But and this might be blasphemous to some people because Drew's shift certainly is one of every. I, I think it's it's a top five Drew moment for sure. Oh, definitely, no doubt. I think it is but, a top top ten moment. It's just not a. Uh... It didn't, that goal didn't win a series, and also the hit was a bigger part of that series. That shift. I don't it's know. a statement to start an important game. Yeah. So. You know, and it's uh, it's a it's I think one of the most defining captain moments for Claude Giroux. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He really took this team and said, "Boys, we're gonna kick their asses tonight." Yeah, I, I think that one, and um, I mean his hat trick against uh, the Rangers in the season finale, and also speaking of. I don't know if you put this goal on your list, but I just thought of it now. Two from the same game. Uh, the Drew overtime winner against the Bruins where he faked the in-between-the-leg shot and back in a shot top shelf in late 2018. Dude, uh, that one was ridiculous. That goal and the Konechny goal happened in the same game. And those were both goal of the year candidates. That uh, You know, not a ton of, I guess, some value because they helped the Flyers get to the playoffs, but it's something that, you know, they those goals might get lost uh Flyers history down the line, even though both those goals are pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I think there is, if we can really bring this down, I think there's two Claude Giroux goals that that kind of have to be at the top, and I think they're both from the 2010 Stanley Cup Final at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And what were... So, I mean, the one... I mean, I, I'll i share the one because I have it in my top five, if you want me to. Yeah, I'm trying to, find the, the, I'm trying to find video of the one. So there's there's two I'm thinking of, and there's one of them that overshadows the well, other one by far baby. because... Well, I'm just trying to think of the, the proper way to describe it. The, the, the one where, I think, was this game six where Claude Giroux kind of sneaks around behind everybody... It and was like game just, three or four. I put that down it. as one of my actual ones. And Timonen finds them. Yeah. Yeah, it was and at just home. Dunks at home. Yeah, it was in the first period of game three or four with like 20 seconds left. Because, yeah, exactly. Teaming it. Drew getting the puck at the side of the net, slamming it home, and then just being super fucking pumped to point back at teaming it. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a pretty ridiculous goal. But I know exactly the goal you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. Actually, like, it's just like that image of having him wide open there. And just waiting for the pass. And like you see it happen. You're like, holy shit, how's he open? Because you're watching the play develop. And then you see him back there. And it's like, 
you just know it's a goal. You know that's what's going to happen. I think, I mean, that I'm thinking of uh, some other goals from 2010 too. Richards in Game Four, I think, where it was, it was an offensive zone draw. Jalmerson gets the puck behind that and he starts carrying it out, and Richards strips him and backhands at five hole in the MA in the same motion. I think of that goal a lot, and we just talked about Drew's like uh, like a captain moment for Drew. That was a captain moment for uh, for Richards on that play to be able oh, yeah, to pull absolutely. it off in the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the? Uh, oh my God, I'm trying to think of other goals from that. Well, the one I have, I have his overtime winner as my third. Yeah. I didn't want to. I mean, since we're already yeah, no, the, the overtime winner is a hundred percent up there, and it's one of those that I I think I kind of just thinking about everything overlooked a little more than I, I should have, but yeah, man, that is, that is a great goal. That is a great deflection. And I, I think it, it just going back and remembering how that goal made me feel at the time, because there is no feeling like an NHL overtime winner. And there is especially no feeling like an NHL overtime winner in the Stanley cup final. Like, and for people our age, it was the first Stanley cup win I had seen in my life. So like I, the Flyers. I believe that was the case for me as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they got swept in '97, and then that was the first game they actually won in a Stanley Cup final. They won. Like that was the first Stanley Cup final win I saw live. Yeah. For it to be, for it to happen in that fashion, and also you get that glimpse of knowing the puck is going in before it goes in too. Yeah, those are pretty. I, I put it third. The other two, I think are. There was, I don't think there's any other way the other two were getting taught for, for me. But And I only brought it up because we were talking about Drew goals, and it's kind of hard to not mention that one in the... Uh, yeah, I, the, the fact that he, he had a winner, and again, we have so very few of these in our yeah. life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And yeah, yeah that was his two? first full season. Oh, what? yeah, exactly, too. That one and then the, the other one two days later, so... Yeah. But, yeah, and Drew, uh, yeah, that was his first full season. He got that goal played a pretty big role also i think the other uh somebody pointed this out before too matt carl had matt carl started the goal against started the goal that uh, Gagne scored in game four in overtime and then carl also started the goal that uh that drew overtime goal i think carl's shot was the one that was redirected so yeah. uh, matt carl defenseman that usually got dunked on a lot uh also the key to a couple big plays in flyers history oh yeah <laughs> Uh, Matt Carl, man, like that's that's a guy who got a lot of shit, a lot of unjust shit. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to. Still uh, makes me angry to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and the uh, Coburn, if they were, man, him and Coburn as the third pair on this team. Can you? I mean, they might get a little better reception on. Uh, anyway, a couple other goals from that 2010 series I wanted to point out because they were uh, they stick with me to this day. Daniel Brera scored a goal again in game. I found it by the way. I found the Giroux goal. I thank God. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. So it was game four. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It was in the first period and it put the flyers up three to one at the time. And it game game four. Okay. It's one of those, it it, it stuck with me for some reason. And I think it's just that image of Giroux waiting by the goal for the slam dunk. That really, I think stuck with me more than anything because it was just so cool. I remember some cool pictures coming out from that one too. Um, Oh yeah. Like, Anthony Niemi didn't even see him there and went, oh shit! Had <laughs> to try and stick his pad out. Great pass from Team and then don't sleep on Claude Giroux. So that one, I enjoyed that one. And then another one, I think from that game, or again, game three, was Briere scored, but the play was Hartnell grabbed the rebound in the slot. 
and while he was falling over, like the rebound went off Niemi and was leaving the crease to um, Niemi's left, and Hartnell was over there. So while the puck was traveling away from the crease and kind of towards the corner, Hartnell was able to grab it, and while falling over, and no look, uh, no look pass was able to slide it across the slot right to Danny Breer for a slam dunk on the other side of the net. I think it's that might be my favorite Hartnell play ever, and I think it's one of those plays that people have already forgotten about. But at the time, it was just a fucking, it was just an incredible feed, and it wasn't really like the greatest goal, but it was the play leading up to the goal, I guess. That one. I mean, at this rate, uh, I feel like we might just have to rewatch every game from 2010. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That honestly might want to come. Might be uh, what it comes down to. Also, entire podcast series just revisiting the 2010 playoffs. Uh, I mean, that's not the not the worst idea. Uh, I mean, we could take it series by series. Yeah, I will say I want to talk about Blair Betts because uh, whenever I get a chance to talk about this goal, and again, we're doing it right here. Whenever you, know, you get a chance to talk about Blair Betts, you take it. Uh, Blair Betts fucking rocking home that laser in game one. I will. They will bury me, and I will not understand what that was. I don't <laughs> know what it was, but I love that man. And when that guy scored that goal in 2010, I lost my shit. That was a uh, it was a beautiful goal from a fourth line center. And uh, I wouldn't. I was not expecting him to do anything like that ever. And it came in uh, one of the most important times. And then he lost his shit. So I was a big. Uh, used to be a big Blair Betts fan. I don't think I would have been. If I got into advanced stats earlier on, but I. Uh, I liked what he did when he was in Philly. So you know, scrappy do over there. Yeah, scrappy. <laughs> scrappy do, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else he got? Well, I got some other so, regular season ones. Th- but thinking about that run in general, like. There's one goal that I'm going to talk about later that's definitely top five. But do you have any any Briere ones that are necessarily in your top five? Because he scored a lot of great goals as a flyer, and he was such an unbelievable force throughout that run. Like there was talk that he might have won MVP. Oh, even if flyers the Flyers were. lost. Yeah. Yeah. He so he had that goal that I mentioned in Game Three. He had he had a bunch of good ones during the regular season that year. Uh, I know he had a he scored in Game Six too. Uh, I believe, because what was it? Hartnell set a, a pick at the blue line that they didn't call, and Briere came in and put home a, a, a line, a, a Billy Lane, line, a Leno across. Billy line. Leno. <laughs> Billy Leno. Patrick Line uh, came across and set up uh, Scott Hartnell or uh, Briere for the goal. But I remember that goal against the the Blackhawks. He had a couple against the Habs too, but a couple of those Habs games were like. <laughs> I mean, the first two was six nothing and three nothing. So who cares? He had one in the game too. I remember that. Uh, you know, a funny, funnily enough, might be my my favorite Danny Briere goal from that entire run, or not not from that run. Now that I think about it, no, it's I, I think my favorite Danny Briere goal might actually be one that shouldn't have counted the offsides goal against the the Penguins. A oh, few that was later. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yo, wait, wait, real quick. Briere had two goals. He had two goals and uh, against the Bruins, he had one in Game Six. To make it two nothing, uh, the one where he took a shot, it went off a Bruins skate, came right back to him, or he tried to pass, it went off a Bruins skate, came right back to him, and then he beat Rask. And then in Game Seven, he had the uh, the game time goal. He was unbelievable. Yeah, him, Hartnell, yeah, and Leno are just—they <laughs> were. Who would have thought that would have been the best line in the playoffs? And yeah, seriously, man. that 2012 goal though. That I mean, it's one of the best goals to us, but not maybe not for. The history of the league but it was fucking hilarious that he was oh it was so alive like, you knew he was, he off. was so offside i couldn't <laughs> believe it counted and that game was just, 
that game was one of the most fun sloppy games I've ever watched. That'll yeah, and that was like not even that was like the second most structured game in that series. Yeah, and that was <laughs> that whole series was fucking nuts. Complete but disaster I, and great. I do want to say I'm going to put this out there on record in case it ever does happen to the Flyers. That goal shouldn't be used as an excuse for the Penguins collapse in that game, by the way, because that made it three to one. Uh, they, that made it three to one in like the second. Yeah, period. they still had a so, two like, goal lead, and Ilya yeah. Brizgalov was in net for the Flyers. So uh, maybe go do something other than blame it on that one bad call. You know what I mean? Go eat some coleslaw sandwiches, you punks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Um, I other postseason ones from 2010. I mean, well, the other one. Well, other postseason ones. I mean, I, I think our top five is entirely postseason. Yeah, goals. well, from 2010. I mean, I only have one other. I have another one from 2010 in my top five, but we uh, could wait to get to that one. Some regular sure. season ones. I I was thinking of uh, outside of Drew because I ran through those. I put down Voracek had an overtime at a overtime winner against the Caps a couple of years ago when I was at that game in DC. The Flyers and Afkatoria Voracek pretty much pulled off a Yager move and went top shelf on Holpe. Uh, that's just for me, but it's still one of my favorites that didn't make my top five. Uh, Carcillo goal against the Maple Leafs in 2010. I don't know if you know, remember this, uh, Steve. I'm sure Kelly remembers it because uh, she loves uh, good old car bomb. But he had a goal. It was a regular season game, and it made it like 4-1. to one. But he had this goal where he carried the puck in from the red line to where he shot and scored, but pretty much fought off two different Leafs. Looked like he was about to lose it and fall over, but somehow managed to hang on it with one, hung onto the puck with one hand and dropped to one knee at one time, and then still was able to kind of like crazily skate his way into the slot for a goal. It's probably that's got to be on YouTube somewhere too if you look it up. Did you? Have- right, that's actually what I've been, what I was doing. I, I think I found it. All right. Did you find the? Uh, did you ever find that Drew Thrasher's one? Cause that one, oh, I didn't try to look for that one. Oh, okay, that one, I feel like that's got to be somebody has to have video proof of that. That's not a thing I'm making up. That's a real. It was thing. pretty sick. <laughs> I, I just saw the the Carcillo one. It was pretty sick. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, because that was one of those. Oh, so was Daniel Carcillo doing that, huh? Like that was. Uh, I couldn't believe he <laughs> just did that at the it's moment. Like uh, Jody Shelley's like two goals as a flyer. <laughs> both, yeah, both just unreal, and then the rest of the time he's not scoring. I guess. Uh, Again, speaking of Carcillo, important goals. He had that important goal in 2010, the overtime winner against Brodeur, but maybe not the, uh, you know, not the prettiest date, but prettiest uh, goal. I'm not looking at prettiest date. I'm looking at return date set on SportsCenter. So that's what I was looking <laughs> not at. Not the prettiest date. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a weird slam now, but I was looking at it. Uh, sound like a weird Did they come slam. up with a deadline for when the leagues are going to open up again? Did I miss that? I hadn't heard that. Okay. All right. Then the, the sports center is just throwing me off for a loop pretty much. That's what's going on here. So I just rewatched the Carcilla devils one. And the best part of that is the fact that he just looks amazed that it <laughs> best part of that is Brodeur not reacting to the puck on the other side of the crease in a playoff game. Carcilla course, anytime had... you can make Martin Brodeur look like a fool outside of the Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner with all of his family present. Yeah. <laughs> all his family. Keyword there. I I feel like Carcillo had enough time to just drop on the ice and like grab that puck with his teeth and like dive headfirst into the net. I feel like that's how much time he had there, and uh, and then he just landed on. Uh, Upshaw's winner against the Bruins in two thousand like seven. It was one of the first games he was here. I just remember it being pretty much scored on like a flying version of the the Forsberg, the Swedish postage stamp. So I enjoyed that goal a lot. <laughs> uh, 
Danny Breer's overtime winner against the Caps uh, during the season opener, home opener back in 2010. I was there for that one. That was a 6-5 overtime win. Uh, Yager's OT goal, OT winner against the Jets back in 2012. I like this one mainly just because of the rest of the game. It was JVR led a rush down the ice, and Simmons scored the tie with like six seconds left. And then in overtime, Danny Breer outmuscled Johnny Oduya for a puck. And then set up Yager for the slam dunk. And I, I at that time, I laughed at Johnny Odia. And I've laughed at Johnny Odia every day of my life, including the 40 minutes he was a flyer. So that's, uh, that's my Johnny Odia history. Um, Hartnell's winner against the Penguins in 2012, regular season game. He scored with a uh, second left in overtime, I think. I also put, uh, I also put Perros overtime winner from this year as another good goal to talk about. And uh, I feel like whenever he, when it's all said and done, I feel like we're going to talk about Perveroff a lot when he retires, and I feel like that's a goal we're going to talk about for years to come. Because that was yeah. a that was a pretty incredible goal. It was all him. Uh, won the game in overtime. A lot of things I like about that game. Also in a resurging year after whatever shaky moments he had in 2018, 2019. So, uh, we, uh, you want to get this top five cracking? You see, you watch some of these goals here. What's going on? Watch some of these goals. And, and <laughs> the thing is, like, I number one, we almost didn't even record because I almost got stuck on a YouTube hole just watching Lindros and the pair goals. <laughs> one of the things I wanted to mention before we also got into the nitty gritty here was a goal that wasn't a goal, which I think is very notable in Flyers history. And that would be John LeClaire through the side of the net. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is one of my favorite, too, because uh, it was clearly not a goal. And it's just, it would not even happen today. There was no way that goal would happen today. Or at least I don't think it would. No. A hundred percent wouldn't have happened. It was like, I mean, specifically, I googled LeClaire through side of net, and it, first result is Slavin has goal called back after review shows Puck went through net. <laughs> also, the best part was uh, that was against the Sabres. So fuck the Sabres as usual. Uh, Again, that weird rivalry with the Sabres. Yeah, this is this is yeah. what we're missing out on, guys. This is what you're that and uh, some weird Gosh, years used of to drive me nuts. Yeah, I if, if you've never seen this goal, like it clearly goes to the left of Hoshik no through, through the mean, net, and it counted. Ten-year-old me with no advancement, like advancing of uh, technology, knew that wasn't a goal back in 2000. So, like, I yeah, that, it was a fucking terrible call. There's no way that should have stood. There's no way that <laughs> it should have been stood. called a goal in the ice. <laughs> yeah. Think yeah, about how right. unfortunate the Sabres are. You get that one year, and then the other year you get Brett Hall's foot in the crease. It's just a terrible. Just a whole lot of bad calls for the Sabres in those uh, the late '90s, early early aughts. Boo-hoo. Yeah, it's a real shame. I actually can't believe this entire list is not just John McClure goals for me, considering how many he scored as a Flyer. And yeah. how much I loved him. I sat there watching, like, uh, just, again, a ton of LeClaire goals. He was so good. I mean, a lot of him, the thing about LeClaire, though, is a lot of his goals were either like, big slap shots or deflections in front of the net. Yeah. It's a very Wayne Simmons-esque highlight reel of, like, he got a lot of them. They were all about five feet in front of the net. <laughs> but it was, like, 50 a year. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not the greatest highlight reel, but it's a long highlight reel. And it's uh, it's doing the important things, so... He may not, uh, he may not have some of the flashiest goals of Flyers history, but fuck, he had a lot of them, and consistent. Fuck, he had a lot of them. But like, yeah, and... it's the thing with Simmons too. I was trying to think of good Simmons ones, and um, 
I mean, pretty much every Simmons goal I think of, it's the same type of deal. It's just him putting home a rebound or scoring from in close. Yeah. So. So what I'm debating, if it's in my top five or not, there's a couple I'm debating. But Should we open up? The... Oh, wait, you go ahead and do this, and then we'll do the... I think we should open up our top five here. Pick out what's Well, fit. I don't even... I'm still debating my top five. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, let's walk through this. So I, my debate here is Ron Hextall's goal. Now... Oh! It, I don't think about that. I was, I think, three years old when it happened, maybe four. And <laughs> it's not something I... It's not really part of my Flyers fandom as far as stuff I witness live and always remember, but... It is an important part of NHL history. Uh, I think it's a, a blast to watch, and it's something I always took pride in, the fact that the first goalie to, to score that kind of goal was a flyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it is a big – no, it is a pretty big goal. I guess it kind of gets, like, overlooked a lot just in general because it might be a goalie goal, and you don't really think of that when it comes to best goals or favorite goals or something. But, yeah, it is worth – I mean, it's definitely worth mentioning. It's worth bringing up, so – and there's so many goals from the the 80s and 70s that unfortunately are, are just before our time. Yeah, so gonna, yeah. uh, apologies to any old school fans that might be listening to this. I I, I know there's incredible Barber, Leach, Clark goals out there that are definitely I worth mean, talking about. And yeah. but it is just, I think for our personal experiences though, they just don't. You know, we didn't live through them, so they, they aren't the cherished hard. memories there. But, you know, yeah. those guys were freaking awesome. And, I mean, you want to talk about Prop, Kerr, just so Hal, so many yeah. great flyers that scored important goals out there. Uh, but it's Murray Craven. Murray, you're just talking about Craven. Sure, Murray Zazzle. Craven. I'm sure Peter Zezel had some fucking goals back then. Some uh, oh, hell yeah. guys back then. So Rick Tockett. Speaking of Clark, though, uh, I mean, yeah, we're not going to – we can't really – yeah, we just didn't see the goals live, so they don't mean as much to us. But that doesn't mean they're lost on us. I remember, or I, I know Clark's uh, overtime goal in game two, and then he jumped as high as he possibly could of four inches while skating. So it was a pretty big, and it was a pretty it's big awesome. goal because they got one in Boston. Yeah. So. And what a great freaking picture that is. And I think my favorite too is I think it was Moose Dupont tied that game with like under a minute left and th they used the video in one of the highlight like one of the pump up videos for the playoffs a couple years ago but after he scored he did like this weird running running celebration on ice so like I'll, I'll have to see if i can find the highlight video anywhere but it's just some guy after he scores just jogging in place on ice and taken out of context you're like what the fuck is happening <laughs> But yeah. it's uh, I'll see if I can find it and share it. But that's uh, yeah. So we don't have any of the old guys on here, the really old goals on here. But uh, pretty much, I mean, I got to go in the late '90s in my top five, and I think we have uh, from there on out covered. You know, the times. I don't have as much. I don't have as much late '90s representation as I want to. But yeah, I mean, I only have. That's also. It's been a while. It's been a while. So I mean, yeah, and I have. So I got one in the 90s, one, yeah, two in the 2000s, and then two in the 2010s. That's my one I debated putting up there that I didn't put up there was the Gagne overtime goal in 2010 in game four against the Bruins. That, that might be the best goal I have been there for as far as like importance goes like and excitement. 
the fact that that oh, yeah. game started the comeback against the Bruins and the fact that I could be there and have 10 butt heavies in me and witness that. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, yeah, <laughs> how many, 10? <laughs> it was 10 or 11. It's, uh, it's, it's doing some work, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you get, uh, you get pounders at the stage. Uh, I just talked about this on, like, I think the last episode, too. I forget what the name of the club was, but you end up in that club and you get all the drink, all the beers and uh, food and one thing leads to another and you're fighting a Sabres fan. Yes. <laughs> I think it was a Lexus Adam club Flyers or something probably, like that. I did it twice. Yeah, it probably so. was a Lexus club, yeah. Well, no, I, I did it I did it twice. The first time I almost fought a Sabres fan at the game and then the second time was the Bruins <laughs> game four. Oh, God. But that, I, I just don't think it quite makes my list, but it almost makes my list. It's a good one. It's one of those, I mean, again, we, it's, uh, it is a very meaningful goal and I'm sure... I mean, it should crack mo- a lot of people's top fives, but it didn't crack ours. And it is a—it's yeah. uh, uh, the second most important goal in that series. I what mean, about the the other one and the last one? I really—I have two. I really debated having up there, uh, and I know one of them's on your list, so I won't talk about that one just yet. Okay. But I don't know if this one's on your list. Uh, the Primo Gagne to tie the Lightning. Yeah. So they just missed my list. Actually. That just missed my list too. It's it's important and it, it was huge. Yeah. I think what didn't help that is I was I feel I feel like I didn't watch as much of that series as I should have because I was working at this like shitty job and listening to it on the radio. Oh, uh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. it was exciting, but I didn't have the excitement of like watching it with my friends at a bar or at home or something. Yeah. I mean, for me, so where I'm gonna, why some of these goals are gonna feel weird as a choice for like biggest or favorite goals is, uh, so when I was growing up, my parents got divorced. Dad watched Flyers all the time. Uh, Mom didn't. So when I was with my dad and the Flyers in the playoffs, you know, those memories I remember a lot compared to the games where I wasn't watching with my dad or it was just me and Ian watching. Um, so the. I watched a lot of games by myself. Because my parents got divorced and I would either watch games with my dad or like my mom and sisters didn't give a shit. So I would watch a lot of games by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, so for me, like I have a goal from 2004 in my top five, but it's because I watched that game with my dad and my brother. And then the game six, I I was watching by myself, unfortunately. So I, I saw the Primo goal and the Gagne goals. Uh, there. I mean, I wasn't watching with anybody. So exciting as shit. I just I didn't share in your moment. I didn't share that with anybody. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these goals I I didn't quite share with people as much as I'm I thinking of. Uh, I mean, the one the one I have in my top five was a it was a unique situation for nobody else being there. But I mean, like, yeah, the rest of these I think they're they're just important because they were either really important goals. Or they were, I was at the game or I was watching with somebody that made it pretty noteworthy. So, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun having friends and watching the game with them. <laughs> it really is. And that's something that I've come to value in recent years. But when yeah. I, my formative years watching the Flyers, I didn't really enjoy it. In fact, I just, because of the experience watching with friends and, and family and that making a difference, I just thought of another one that I would love to have on the list. And, isn't there and that's the Claude Giroux overtime winner in the stadium series game last year yeah no that is a that is a big one and i imagine because he does the some people's list 
he does the whole gladiator. Are you not entertained <laughs> afterwards? And it's it's so great, and it's such a great oh. moment. They finally won a freaking outdoor game, and it's a yeah. A, again, I talked about great pictures, and that's a great freaking picture. It's an amazing picture, and luckily Heather was able to grab it. And also, speaking of Jeru goals that helped us somehow survive that 2018-19 series, that was that goal and the one against the Lightning. Those were like the two highlights of that season. The rest of the season. The rest of that fire season, every aspect of it, you throw right in the garbage. All of it. There's no other thing we need from 2018-19 that, you know, it has helped the Flyers before or after. But those two goals kind of helped everybody uh, relax while we had to endure that ride that was nothing but pain. <laughs> Coping. But that was, a, that, was a, that was a ridiculous goal. Yeah. But the, uh, the RE9 entertained phase, too, or the post, that reminds me of uh, another good one. Game two in 2018 when Couturier passed between his legs for the Patrick dunk. And then Patrick, while in Pittsburgh, does the RE9 entertained in the corner during a uh, <laughs> during the Flyers 5-1 to win during game two. So I thought about that one because that was the – I think it was the last time – yeah, I mean, that was the last time I got really pumped about the Flyers because it was a playoff game and they just took it to the Penguins in Pittsburgh. So and that goal. I mean, we could also hilarious. just spend an entire episode talking about goal celebrations. Now that I think. Oh about yeah, it. no, absolutely. Yeah, we could do. Uh, yeah, I, I do like the idea of going back and looking at series, though. Might have to do that uh, the whole 2010 run or something. Mm. One week coming up, maybe not next week. I like what we got lined up next week, but uh, maybe uh, I'll make a note note of doing that. Maybe uh, the regular cast. Who knows? Oh, or that. Yeah, or that. So my, I think my number five is the drew of drew playoff winner versus the Blackhawks in overtime. I think that that one for excitement level being actually having the company of people and being like, Holy shit, they won a game. <laughs> that is. Uh, so for me, that is three because that is like we, uh, we laid out before. That was the first play Stanley cup final win like a game in the Stanley Cup final. We saw the Flyers win in our lives, uh, the way they did it. And also, I mean, I, it was just one of my favorite goals as is. Yeah. So and unfortunately one game one from that series gets overshadowed for me by Roy Halladay's no hitter or perfect game rather. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cause I went to McGillan's with uh, the person I was seeing at the time and we were there for the, the Flyers Blackhawks game and, well, Hammers. all of a sudden, more and more of those TVs started going to <laughs> Phillies baseball because it was a perfect game. I do remember. I do remember getting like cutaways to that after we were done watching the game, and like going to ESPN and seeing about how Holiday had pitched the perfect game. Well, the that thing for me was I was paying attention to that because the Phillies were hot shit at that point. Because yeah, that was talking, good. Yeah, yeah, they were great. And I was watching on my phone just to see like what the box score was. And I looked down and it was like, a, I think the fifth or sixth inning. And I was looking down and it was all zeros. And I'm like, just showing people my phone because I'm superstitious as shit. And just going <laughs> like, look at that. Yeah, but look at it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then we all started getting very hype about it. And it. That ended up being a good night, but. Unfortunately, it wasn't for the Flyers, which uh, which yeah. sucks. But yeah, that that Giroux winner is very important. Again, it's one of only two Stanley Cup uh, games that we've seen, as far as we can remember, the Flyers actually winning. Oh yeah, so, no, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I wasn't around for um, '87, 
and like yeah I, I mean you weren't old enough to actually remember anything from 87 no, right definitely not yeah so i yeah, didn't do shit in 97 and uh we're still looking for that third trip during uh yeah. remembrance here so i let's go ask her i will do i will do uh so here's my fifth one my fifth one is uh joffrey lupo on game seven against the caps in 2008 so I'm kind of surprised it's fifth on my list, considering how much I do love that goal. But barely missed, sense. barely missed my cut. Yeah, I mean it's a huge one for me for a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean I'm from Maryland, so this was the time when a lot of uh, Baltimore and DC fans were pretending like they cared about hockey because I've actually kind of been on the team for a couple of years. Never heard anybody talk about hockey in high school until senior year, which would have been uh, when this playoff series was happening. Uh, and then I was able to watch the Flyers beat the Caps in Game Seven with a bunch of my uh, Caps friends. So it was a great, it was a great point in time for me, just because of the uh, amount of shit talking and how the Flyers actually helped me. You know, like it's been a couple years since the Flyers have actually helped us in an argument against Penguins fans or against Caps fans or against like any team. That, yeah. You know, we, yeah. So this was a nice time back in history when the Flyers were actually able to give you some fuel to uh, be able to dunk on other fans. So it was nice. And uh, again, like I always, you know, I always talk about him, and he is uh, the fourth, third, fourth, fifth wheel on the show. Uh, but my friend Mike, I watched the game with him. So, and again, to me, this is when the Caps Flyers rivalry ended. Uh, they didn't play in 2016, and the Caps didn't win in 2018, in my opinion. It all just stops. Time stops in 2008 when it comes to the Caps Flyers. So, and and also, I'm surprised this isn't a bigger one for me because I forever have. The image of a pizza box being stuck uh, behind yeah. Jeff Carter uh, <laughs> while they were celebrating because Caps fans just trashed the ice that, after that. They just threw trash everywhere. And it, this is one of those things where I have to laugh that it's always, oh, Philly fans are the worst, blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, you see shit like that. And it's just uh, like. And also, Jeff Carter had a beer bottle thrown by his head when he was doing a post game interview. And I, I know that there used to be a video of that. I don't know if there is now, but. He was on the ice doing an interview, and you see the somebody, you see the bottle come from behind him and just miss his head by like two inches. And that was in the same fucking uh, same night that uh, they were throwing pizza boxes at Joffrey Lupo and Mike Richards. <laughs> and this was this was a huge goal for the Flyers at the time. Uh, it was huge for them to win that series because this is when the Flyers were coming back when because they had the disaster of a season. Terrible 607. And then they, they almost missed those playoffs too. They had been killing it for a while. They were middle of the pack in the Eastern conference standings. And then I think all-star games happens. They had a huge slide, almost missed the postseason, worked their way into being a six seed, got up three to one in this series tried their best to blow it took until overtime and go game seven to get this but then they get this goal and then they beat the top seeded canadians and then play the penguins in the eastern conference final so you get ends up being a pretty nice run after whatever the hell 2006-07 was and it gave you a lot of hope that holmgren was the right man to uh, kind of lead the flyers into uh the next era which for a couple years he did all right he made some great choices right, yeah i mean we discussed this big time uh, on the previous episode, but up until a certain point, Holmgren made some great choices. He was killing yeah, it. And yeah. it was until the Brizgalov Richards Carter debacle that, you know, everything's great until that point. And that point you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Up until that point. But yeah, but I mean, but that's why that, that goal was huge because it was the first, I guess it was the first moment of like kind of being like, all right, I guess they're back. 
after yeah. you know they had the lockout. Had the team before the lockout that was pretty decent, um, and then you had the 05-06 team that got lost in the first round, hit rock bottom, and then they started coming back. And that was the first sign of life that they were coming back. So, uh, yeah, and I just enjoyed it on a personal level because, again, the only person I actually talked – the only other person I really heard talk about hockey growing up was my friend Mike that was also in Maryland. But nobody – Nobody cared down there, so when they started, you know, pretending like they cared, it was nice to see the uh, the Flyers take care of business. So that's <laughs> number five for me. What yeah. is uh you want to you lead number four? So number four is one that I desperately wanted to put higher, but I just couldn't justify it above the other ones I have here. I had the Mike Richards shift against the Canadians. The uh, before there was the shift with Giroux, there was the shift with Mike Richards. And I friggin' love this goal. This was, I almost immediately, if I had uh, more space on my credit card at the time, I would have immediately bought a Mike Richards jersey immediately after witnessing this goal. Because it's just so great. It is Richards, balls to the wall, going all out, giving 100% for his team, knocking down the goal. (laughs) He didn't knock down the goal. I mean, diving over, Halak, it was Halak, right? Uh, yeah, that was Halak. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's the thing also that you, it's it's always weird to think that it was Halak and not Carey Price at that point. Yeah, they uh, yeah, because Halak was a fucking brick wall that year, and then uh, he was unbelievable. He, he was the main reason the Canadians were where they were. Yeah, and he did. Although the Flyers did see Carey Price in that series, but yeah, it was just Halak was he just had that fucking year of going nuts, and uh, it almost paid off for him, but. Lost steam at the right time. He did the Flyers' dirty work that year. He was, uh, he could not give up a goal to the Panthers or Caps, and then he uh, pooped the shoes against the Flyers. So he was, oh, it was he wonderful was, because, yeah. and that's one of those things that always feels like that goes against the it's, Flyers. It's what happens to the Penguins every fucking year, and it was nice to actually have it happen to the Flyers. That happens one year for the Flyers, and they almost won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It was nice to see that happen for the Flyers and not for a team that we hate. But it's just, I'm watching it right now. Richards knocks a dude down, goes down the ice. They get a chance, go back to the other end. Then he gets the outlet pass. He catches up to it. And then Halak comes out to try and get it. There's a collision between the defender, Halak, and Richards. Richards gets up and scoops that into the yeah. net. And it is unbeefing. Oh, yeah. We talked about the We talked about the screen or the uh, the picture from that, right? You said you had that. Yes, as your, that was yeah. my, that was the background on my computer for the longest time. It was so good. Yeah, it was, uh, it's just one of the great pictures in like Flyers history. But that goal. That bearded Mike Richards just yeah. freaking out. Yeah. Entertainment. I mean, like just entertaining overall, that shift and goal are bonkers but also in that series that was very much a that was two of the bottom seeds in the east and the canadians were living and dying on just playing the trap and just getting out to a lead and just sitting on it because their entire success that postseason was just halak being a brick wall and blocking shots so all they had to do was all they needed was a goal and then they were set. They could kind of work from where they were. Flyers went down one nothing real early in game five. And it felt like, you know, they, the Flyers may end up losing this game. Or not maybe not early on, but you were kind of like, all right, well, now the seed of doubt is planted. And then Richards goes out and he has that fucking shift and uh, scores. And then I think the Flyers score two goals in like a minute in the second period. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's that's 100% one of my top five Flyers goals. It's I didn't rank it. 
I love it. it. I love it. I didn't rank it because I figured we'd be talking about it anyway, and I didn't want to talk about it. Because you knew I was going to talk about it as number one Mike Richards fan. Yeah, that's what it was. I was banking on that. I was banking it. So then if you didn't bring it up, it would have been your fault that I didn't rank it. So you see how that works? It's all it's all game of planning. I just mm, got to bring it. it. Yeah, it's a team. It's, good, it's, team like right yeah, it's called building uh, pod chemistry. That's how you get along in the office. <laughs> in the office. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. That is why I do love that goal. And also, I, I think we should. I want to bring up what we talked about for the show here because uh, I'll say it. That's an actual shift, and I held that as a higher-ranking flyer shift than I do Drew's, mainly because Drew's wasn't an actual shift. He laid out Crosby, they blew the whistle, and then he won another face-off, and they went down the ice and scored. All important, all fucking ruled. Like, we all remembered it, and we all watched it. But Richards, actually, his was just the end of a really long shift, and he was going back and forth up and down the ice making hero plays and ended up scoring a goal. Right. Like, I think we need to come up with a better name for Drew's than it's not the shift. Like Richards is the shift. Jeruz is like, I don't know, just like asserting his dominance, like making a statement, dominating Crosby kind of thing, which is, I mean, sadly one of the only times to do it, but it, it, <laughs> it is a badass captain moment where he asserts his leadership more than I think any other moment in Flyers history yeah. for uh, Claude Giroux. And it also- I feel like we need a better name for it because Richards, I think the shift is a hundred percent what we want to call that. Yeah, and also it is worth. Uh, I mean, Drew did call that out too. You remember in that he he because he apparently oh, went to Lavilette and he was like, "I want the first shift," and he was like, "I'm gonna go." He was like, "You're not gonna fucking believe this, Lavi. I'm about to go nuts on these kids." And that team like, had some swagger. It's a shame yeah, they that did. they they couldn't come right back and save themselves again. But yeah, it's a shame they couldn't beat the fucking devils with 50 year old martin brodor in the next round because maybe they would have gone someplace that series sucked yeah because i don't know if you remember this but then the rangers decided to edge out the devils it was a whole i mean the devils ended up Uh, that uh, whole yeah after that the playoffs were garbage yeah it got really dumb i'm sure the league hated too a king's devil you know what i'd like the penguins to play a close division rival at the beginning of the playoffs every year <laughs> I like what we yeah, let's right. knock the most entertaining stuff out right out of the gate and give people no incentive to watch after that. Interesting matchups in the first round, second round, just an absolute fucking miss. Third round might be some matchups, fourth round, Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's a good formula we got going on here. You think it'll ever go back? I, I, I have to think at some point. I don't know anybody who's so happy that. with the current format. I, I think it will at some point, too. However, if they do bring the league back and they do the whole 68-game rollback thing we were talking about and they end up getting Caps, Penguins, Flames, Oilers in this first round, uh, I, we're, we can kiss our hopes and dreams of that goodbye because they're never going to get away from that. If you start getting Crosby – I mean, if you start getting McDavid into the rivalry s situations that Crosby and Ovechkin were spoon-fed for years, I don't think the league's going to gravitate away from that. They would want, like, McDavid, Kachuk, and Gaudreau just – hating each other all the time. Yes, though, no. don't you want, like, for years... No, 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 no it's not see, me. It's not, yeah. I know, but I'm yeah. saying, for years we would see Crosby-Ovechkin as either the Eastern Conference Final or the second round, and it would be anticipated. It would be something to look forward to. And instead they're like, you know what, why don't we just have this first? <laughs> yeah, I don't... I my thing... like, The fact that we can't have this as the Eastern Conference Final, have the two best teams because they're in the same division, is bonkers to me. Well, I just, I feel like there are ways, there are ways teams would still consistently match up with each other. Why do we hate the Senators and Sabres? 
the one through eight format, the Flyers kept fall, falling in the matches with them, match yep. up against them. Didn't fucking matter. It didn't. You didn't need to funnel it a certain way. Just some years, one team is going to get. They're going to make improvements and move up the standings. The other one might get knocked down a little. They're going to keep playing each other. It happened with the Caps and Rangers too, a couple years back before they changed everything. I believe. That yeah, no, have, I remember that. Yeah, that may have been bleeding into this format change a little bit, I think. But before they played each other like four years in a row, that's how you get teams to hate each other. And I feel like those situations still come up in it the sucks. one through eight format, and you still get better matchups or the teams that are built for more success further down the road in the one through eight than like this one, like you're not going to get the centers in the Eastern Conference final in a one through eight like we did in 2017. I want to play somebody weird in the first round. I'm tired of playing either the Penguins or the Caps every goddamn year. Yeah, honestly, that's the other thing too. Is it really only bones the Flyers and the rest of the uh, the Metro teams here because <laughs> yeah. they're all working through getting past the Pens and the Caps right now. So it's uh, it's always a, a bloodbath the first round, and then it's yeah, absolutely terrible. Ugh. All right, so what's your number four? Uh, my number four is Gagne in Game Seven. Uh, this was, and this was the only one I actually ended up, uh, watching, uh, by myself. And in the whole situation, the whole situation was that series started my second to last week, sophomore year at school. And then game seven was the second week of May. So I went from being at school to end up going home. Uh, game seven happened to be on a Friday night. Ended up going with my dad on a business trip to Ocean City. We were there from Thursday to Saturday. The only time he had a meeting for this company, and I can't remember the company, was Friday at 7 p.m. <laughs> so I was in this hotel room watching the game by myself, and we were like, whatever, we'll meet up and watch the end of it, or you'll like come in time for the last couple of minutes. And sure enough, and I watched the game by myself. He, he like got back to the hotel room like five minutes after they won the game. And I remember like losing my shit with him afterwards with that, but like didn't actually see the game with them. So, like, Game 7 for me, I just remember, and I can't remember the name of the, the hotel or whatever the hell it was, but I remember watching the game, and I remember my heart sinking after Lujic made it 3 nothing, and thinking that this whole fucking comeback was worth nothing, and then JVR's shot goes in off of a stick, and then Hartnell backhands a shot top shelf from an absurd angle, and then Briere's shot breaks physics, and then they're back in the game. So that was uh, that one, and again for me, that sets up. 2010 was the best run I've seen. From it's the best team. run I think yeah. everybody's seen, and in like, at and, least in our lifetime. And outside of the Eagles, I would say run, it's the best run I've seen. One of my favorite teams go on because, again, as I will mention, I'm an Eagles, Flyers, and Orioles fan, so not exactly paying off <sighs> dividends in the Orioles front, but yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, but I mean, that one was, and also just, it's the thing that we can hang our hat on most as Flyers fans, at least for people our age, I think, was that coming, coming back against the Bruins, because they haven't won a cup yet, and they've had plenty of good teams, but that really, you know, that kind of works against the point if they don't win at all, to just see a bunch of really good teams go down. So the team, see this team scratch and claw their way into the postseason, and then pull off this absurd comeback, one of now five teams in the big four major sports to do it. Uh, I think that was, that makes that goals pretty special. So I felt like it had to be in the top five. Okay. I, I think that's a great choice for the top five. I probably should have put it up there because it is such a great moment, but I, I just feel very strongly about the other ones on this list. But oh, that yeah, is, yeah. You know, the culmination of a, a great seven game comeback there. And 
I mean, the, the best comeback in Flyers history, one of the best yeah. comebacks in NHL history, one of the best comebacks in sports history. Yeah, I was, yeah, like I was saying, I think, I think it is the best comeback in terms of everything they overcame within that series on top of being down 0-3. Because what was the other thing I didn't mention when I was rambling on the other day was they lost their starting goalie in that mix as well. Like Boucher went down in game five, Leighton came in cold, and then they went... They ended up closing out that game, went another two with their backup waiver wire pickup goal in. After losing Carter and LaPerriere being down 0-3, and then 0-3 in game seven. Yeah, so anyway. And then yeah. Leighton has that great run against the Canadiens, which still yeah. does not make sense to this day. Three shutouts and four of the wins. <laughs> None of it makes sense, yeah. None of it makes sense. All right. Uh, and then, um, I mean, three. Three, we already, we already went over my three. My three was uh, Drew... Game three overtime winner against the Hawks. So, what was your, uh, what ended up being your third? My third was one that I had to represent my favorite era of Flyers hockey in some way. And that is uh, the late 90s, the 97 team, you, you know, Legion of Doom, Rod, Rod the Bod. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Snow with the big pads, all that great stuff. Rico Desjardins, Terrian <laughs> only being able to stop Yarmir Yager, all that great stuff. <laughs> I love that team. Uh, I think they traded for Paul Coffey that year, which yep. is like still such a weird factoid in Flyers history. And Dale Howarchuk. Dale Howarchuk, who I, yeah. I think he actually just got out of uh, cancer treatment. So uh, keep on oh, fighting okay. the good fight, Dale yeah, Howarchuk. I didn't know that, but yeah. I literally just saw this, uh, I think, earlier today. Damn, that sucks. But yeah, hopefully he keeps on going. He's yeah, um, but I needed to represent the 97 team. and I think the best goal from the 97 is the Lindros overtime backhander that won it against the Rangers in, I believe that was game four of so, the Eastern Conference final. So I, <laughs> that is number two on my list. And it was, it was with seven seconds left against Mike Richter in game it's four. It's Mike, Flower Town's Mike Richter. Yeah. And this was the moment I put this as number two. Because this was pretty much the moment that cemented me as a Flyers fan. This was like the first really exciting, I guess, Craig, thing. I am, I am in shock that both of my top two are not in your top five. Yeah, I actually, I do want to. I guess I'm forgetting about a goal here. Oh, but, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm excited for your reaction to this then. Yeah, uh, this oh, was okay. a great goal. This was, I think, one of the best. Uh, representative moments of uh, Lindros with the Flyers. Uh, it didn't win the series for the Flyers, but it bas- it gave them a dominant 3-1 to lead in that series. It was a series I remember desperately wanting the Flyers to win because they had been on the doorstep for years, hadn't quite made it, and I wanted to see these this team in the Cup, even though they ended up having to face one of the best goddamn Red Wings teams of all time and get smoked. Yeah. But you know what? It was worth it. It was still a great run, and you don't want the Rangers to make it in over you. You never want the Rangers to make it in over you. And that was, you know, that was, I mean, it was one of those also where you just, as a Flyers fan, you, you always feel a bit of inferiority complex and feel like the league doesn't want you to win it. But the Rangers had friggin' Wayne Gretzky on their team. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they were pretty good that year. And, you think uh, the league doesn't want Wayne Gretzky in the Stanley Cup final? Hell yeah. They want Wayne Gretzky in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Obviously Eric Lindros was a big star that, uh, you know, in that era. And they, it, it, I think the league won either way, having either one in there, but you know, you wanted to beat Wayne friggin' Gretzky. Yeah, no, exactly. I, my favorite was just, I mean the goal and then just Richter's reaction. And then that, 
I think yeah. was my favorite because he's he sold out and missed it, and it was a backhander from like the circle uh, with seven seconds left. And the I, fact that Lindros made that shot is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, they even got it on the net. Uh, just, just the the shot on Eric Lindros, the shot of that big man having like such good hands. Yeah, is still <laughs> what a combination. But I mean, that is—I believe that is the goal that's responsible for all this, Steve. It's responsible for me becoming a Flyers fan and uh, uh, just hurting the public with a couple podcasts every week about hockey. And that's uh, <laughs> what it's all come down to. I'm pretty sure it's, it's all stems. It's from responsible that goal. for the door, doorknob origins. <laughs> that goal and my dad's reaction and actually realizing that the Flyers were fun was. Uh, it's the downfall, and I have it ranked number two. So I do want to hear your other goals, because I know it's number one, and I think I already told you what it is, so I am interested to see what to... Oh, I don't think you have my number... So my number two... Yeah, you do two and one now, because then... Jeremy Roenick versus the Maple Leafs. Oh, no, I have... Okay. Yeah, it's my Where... one. <laughs> oh, so you don't have my one. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited, because I'm going to talk about this for 45 minutes. Um... <laughs> Ronick versus the Maple Leafs. Yeah, Sammy Kapanen goes down hurt after a dirty ass hit by Darcy Tucker. What a piece of shit that guy was. <laughs> I hated that Maple Leafs team. I like this Darcy this uh, Darcy Tucker rage in the year 2020. I like it. Just oh, the for 16 years later, we're gonna get that Darcy Tucker, Ty Domi. <laughs> I hated that team. Yeah, I fucking hate the Leafs. Yeah, they're annoying as shit. Also, Matt Sundin's face. I don't. I don't know. I just wanted to punch that guy. Oh, it was a very punchable. Very face. punchable face. Yeah, but. uh yeah, I mean, he gets laid out. Sammy Kavanaugh doesn't know where he is. Uh, ha- gets helped onto the bench by Primo. I think Primo was right there. Like, just trying to get... was Primo was reaching out of a stick, just trying to corral Kavanaugh into the bench. Once Kavanaugh gets to the bench, Ronick jumps over the boards. The Flyers are getting hemmed in. I mean, for me, this goal is number one to me because, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the, the big thing for why these goals... Years ago, or my favorite was whether or not I was probably watching the game with my dad and my brother. This one, I think, was the most important and most exciting one I actually watched with them together way earlier on, um, like when I was younger. Uh, and this game, Flyers were up 2 nothing. Third period, uh, they started losing ground to the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs started pushing back. They ended up tying it up, made it 2-2. Overtime was all Maple Leafs. Flyers couldn't get anything going. Puck goes down the ice into the leaf zone once. Puck goes around the boards. Kapanen's picking it up. Darcy Tucker lays the shit out of him. Just knocks him out. Kapanen went parallel with the ice, like getting caught up in the boards. Tries to drop up like a couple of times. Did not know where he was. Yeah, it was like if if you haven't seen it and you're somehow listening to this, you have to go watch it because it sounds like it's a joke, but he was just, I mean, he was out of it. And somehow eventually gets back to the bench. While that happens, the Flyers went on one I mean, rushed down the ice. It was Lindra, uh, Claire and uh, Amante, and they just missed. Puck goes down the ice. I think somebody knocks away from Sundin to Markov, springs up Ronick on a two-on-one. Ronick picks a corner over Belfort's uh, glove, and the ACC went silent in like half silent. a second. I think that's part of the reasons why it sticks out. And, and for me... It's a me, great revenge goal. It's a great take that, you sons of bitches kind of goal. Yeah. And for me, the, the added aspect for me, not to make it I don't know why that sounds douchey, but because I didn't watch it in Philly, I didn't get JJ's call. Dave Strader was on the national broadcast. So that moment of like everybody being loud, Ronick hits a shot and then it goes silent. 
And then Dave Strayer is just like, hey, scores! And he's just like screaming it, and it's all you hear. So you just get like even more jacked. I tried to find, I can't find the, the feed with fucking Dave Strader. There is a really good feed. There's like a six-minute clip on YouTube of this entire sequence we're talking about, where it's just the Leafs getting chance after chance after chance. Kaepernick gets laid out, and then they trade a couple chances and running scores. But I couldn't find the one where Strader calls it, because the call is what made it. I think that's what made it for me was, I, I don't, it was so good. And he just, the timing of it was when the crowd came to, like, absolute silence was so good. So, uh, I do want to see what your number one is, though. But So, that's your number one. That is my number one. Yeah, and my two was Lindros. Uh, Lindros against the Rangers. Three was Drew against Chicago. Four was Gagne in Game 7. And then five was Lupo in Game 7. My number one is Keith Primo. Five overtime game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, yeah. Pretty good. It's all right, I guess. It's up there. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> You must not have stayed up for this goddamn game. I didn't. I went through two overtimes. And then, uh, and then I went to bed. You, oh, give me your fan card right now. <laughs> I was, tear that up. I'll be honest time. with you. I was 10. I didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a lot of bidding on when I could stay up. And I didn't have a TV in my room. So it was kind of yeah, hard but... to uh, finagle that. I hear, I hear. Yeah, was... <laughs> As I said, you, you know, where you're at for the Flyers in your like high school, college years. Is yeah, I was going to. If that was. Yeah. I was. I was in high school when this one happened. This oh, was the man. 2000 run. Uh, I believe I was a yep. sophomore. And, you know, Flyers, again, I was a Flyers maniac from basically like 95 on. And I just remember this game. I remember inexplicably hating these Penguins, not wanting them to win. And I think they had Casparitis on the team. was a rat bastard. Was Barnaby on that team too? Or no, Barnaby I think was Sabres at the time. Uh, might have to look it up. Yeah, that might be. I mean, that feels around the time Barnaby would have been on the. I mean, he was. I mean, he was just bouncing around all those teams—the Sabers, Rangers, and Penguins—the teams we fucking hated. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think Yager was the captain at that point, and I hated <laughs> Yager at the time. Hated him. Everybody hated Yager. Oh yeah, Barnaby was on that team. Barnaby was on yeah. that team. But yeah. everybody hated. I mean, everybody hated Yager before he came here for that one year. I think. I mean, remember for what I Wells Fargo Center used to play Dude Looks Like a Lady for him because of his long hair, which would not I mean, definitely not would, go today. Yeah, that would not go, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, that was the whole thing with him was the, uh, I guess, back in the day, everybody felt like he was too much of a... Uh, pretty boy. Yeah, pretty boy. Yeah. Philly legend, the pretty boy at the time, though. <laughs> but I... This game was unbelievable. This game, five overtimes... You just couldn't look away if you weren't 10 years old. <laughs> given where I was, I was, I was 16 at the time and I just couldn't stop. I had to watch this entire game and I would have felt like a complete asshole if I missed how it ended. And then it just kept going and going and going and going and it, it, there's so many stories about this game, about them like ordering pizzas between oh, periods and own story. Yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, if you go back in the uh, the Flyers Faithful archives, I mean, every time Hal and I would get somebody on from those teams, we interviewed Primo and I interviewed Boucher at one point. This is all I wanted to talk about. And Jim Jackson. This is, 
this is all I wanted to talk about with these guys oh, yeah. is about this five overtime game because this was such a huge game for me. This was like, it was thrilling. It kept going back and forth. There's so many opportunities for each team to win that game. And it just does not stop. Nobody can get an edge. And then all of a sudden, Keith Primo comes up the ice, stops, does this move, this great, like, and he makes this top shelf shot. Everybody was gassed at that point. Everybody was just completely dog tired. And all of a sudden, Primo, who wasn't really the most popular guy to that point in Philadelphia, just pulls this burst of speed out, makes this unbelievable move, and has one of the has the best goal I've seen a flyer make. It is uh, this goal, like I almost cried tears of joy when this goal happened because I could finally go to fucking sleep. <laughs> can I so can I add two things real quick? Even though I didn't sure. say the goal. So we were asking about Casparitis. He danced on Casparitis for that goal. I forgot about that. Like he came up the side. He was the one that he put Casparitis yeah. track track. Yeah. And then also, I think it's I think it's funny that you mentioned it was like Primo was not a guy that was universally loved by Philly, because Steve Levy's call is the much maligned center. <laughs> He's talking about Primo just fucking putting it home. Yeah, I mean um, he had gotten a lot of shit because he yeah. was not looked at as he was a big disappointment. Like the Flyers got him, and people yeah. were like, "Holy shit, they're gonna have like." their centers are just going to be friggin' ridiculous. You're going to have Lindros and Primo. It's just two huge centers. Of course, they traded Rod the Bod to get Keith Primo. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. But Primo would then go on to become just this clutch captain defensive center that... And this is really where it starts. This is the first great Keith Primo play as a flyer. And it's it, it might be one of the only notable goals he has because he would end up being more notable for his, his defense. But... You know, he's got a couple notable goals, but this is, this is the play. This is the play. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm rewatching it right now. Everybody is exhausted. Like, it looks like the first <laughs> is like a preseason game at this point. Yeah. It's, it, I've never seen a game like this. Holy shit. There was I, a lot of space behind the goals back then. <laughs> there was a, I enjoy the, the clunk of the middle bar when it's hit to uh once again, silence, like just, ring throughout the stadium or arena when the, the game has ended. The Primo hit in the middle post to announce that the game's over. And then also Ron Tugnet looking like he uh, he just doesn't want to do this anymore. Like once that goal went in, you could tell in his body he was like, I don't I don't need another game of hockey. I can retire right now. <laughs> I can retire I'm, on this spot. I'm right? done with this. I lost the only game anybody's gonna remember in my life, so I'm ready to go home. And you can tell like he's just done. He's oh. just done it. <laughs> I just saw it again like Primo just gets this burst of speed. It's like he knew. It's like he knew that was the chance. And I'm going to put this old Primo interview. If it's not up on my SoundCloud already, I will get it put back up there. Oh, uh, yeah. Just to, to make sure people have access to it. And I'll, I'll link to it on the uh, the Flyperbole uh, Twitter tomorrow. But this is my favorite goal. It is my, my favorite Flyers memory. And I think it was just those that relief I felt from being able to finally sleep. I mean, it's one of the most tired (laughs) moments of my entire life. And I remember just going to my locker at school the next day, seeing some kid two lockers down. And he also looked like shit. He looked exhausted. (laughs) And 
we just kind of like gave each other this look saying like you stayed up for the flyers game we just kind of like did a smile and nod <laughs> some high school camaraderie over keith primo's goal i don't even think i like yeah. this kid <laughs> nobody did but that's how good that goal was he, I mean, he was. united high schools across the counties and like the area of philadelphia Yager and Kasparaitis are out there, and Primo just makes him. He just fucking punks him. It's great. Yeah, just undresses it, him. It, it's he undresses him, and it's it's my favorite Flyers memory. Yeah, I mean, it, no, I mean, as far as goals go, it's very. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could have. What makes it more upsetting for me, and the fact that I wish you know, if I had just been a little bit older, I could have just watched it. Was I remember there was a fucking there was a four overtime game when I was in high school my senior year it was a uh, Stars Sharks which ended up being like if we were either one of those teams we'd still be talking about that game until this fucking day but it went four overtimes Brendan Morrow scored and I think it was one o'clock on the east coast 1am and that was a game that started like early afternoon out in um, in Dallas and the Bakov had like the go but like if it was just if I was just a little bit older I could have fucking watched it too but I did not I missed out on seeing the goal live but, uh, I mean, it was a huge goal because that also, they're down 2-0. They're down two games to nothing in that series, and then Delmore won game three. And then Primo had this huge goal in uh, game five, and then they go back to Philly in a tied series, and then they ended up beating the Penguins in six, I think. And then got out to a 3-1 lead on the Devils and ended up, uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that in that series. <laughs> that is the most traumatizing series of my, uh, of my favorite yeah, Flyers memory good, but... and my least favorite Flyers memory. Yeah, you know, maybe that was another reason why I didn't really put too much consideration into it because it was uh, it's an amazing goal. I don't. That it, was it, it, that was uh, a fun series though because it, it also had player. the Andy Delmore hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> well, he and he didn't get that. He didn't even get that in Game Three, right? He had the overtime winner in Game Three, and then I thought he had a hat trick in another game. Yeah, he had a hat trick in another game because yeah, like he was in that game. That was only that was. That was a three goal game. The Flyers won that two to one. There were three goals scored. Yeah, that was yeah. Eight periods hockey. Yeah, that's a fucking. That's a lot of. That's a lot of not scoring if you're gonna play a uh, you know eight periods worth of hockey. <laughs> yeah. But uh, still, yeah. I'm yeah. to find out what time that game ended. I, I think it's also about like two something, like two thirty. Yeah, it, it was makes sense. Friggin' late and. Uh, wake up and go to Archbishop Ryan high school the next day was not a fun experience. Yeah. See, and I was well rested. I'm sure for that day when I was 10. So see, it was all, it all paid off in the long run. So that's what it's all about. Steve. (laughs) These are, I mean, these are my top goals though. Uh, Love it or love it or hate it. You're probably going to hate it or leave it. I think a lot You're of people, yeah. I think a lot of people agree with that. So just to recap, well, uh, my top five good ones too. So just to recap, my top five, uh, five Drew playoff uh, versus the Blackhawks, twenty ten, the winner in overtime, uh, kind of tied with the one where he's just waiting by the open net. To be honest, because I love that one too, just yeah, as much. One, yeah. uh, Mike Richards, the shift against the Canadiens. Uh, Eric Lindros backhand winner against the Rangers in ninety seven with seven seconds left. Uh, Jeremy Roenick versus the Maple Leafs where Sammy Capitan got wrecked and Keith Primo five overtime winner. What's your top five again, Craig? Uh, so my fifth was Lupo against the Caps in game seven, 2008. Four was Gagne in game seven against the Bruins in 2010. 
Three was Drew against the Hawks in 2010, 2010 the uh, OT winner. Two was uh, Lindros against the Rangers in Game 4 back in 97. And then one was Veronica against the Leafs Game 6, 2004. So there you is. That it is. That's it. Right there. <laughs> there you is. There you is. Yeah, I don't know why I started going off that way. But yeah, that's... It's uh, getting late. You're loopy. It's getting late. I'm loopy. Yeah, we're just talking about... Goals I'm the only human air. you've spoken to outside of uh, uh, yeah, whoever today, lives in your home in for like weeks. <laughs> today, this is pretty much it. Yeah. By the way, anybody would go mad from that experience. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, my poor girlfriend. She only gets to talk to me or coworkers. Oh, man, what a disaster. That's gotta I be know. terrible. Yeah. If <laughs> I could only talk to me, I would have oh. lost my mind. Yeah, I, I would have checked. Mind. If I could only talk to me, I would have checked out on myself years ago. I would have been you real bored. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I will say my buddy did say how he was. Uh, he woke up the other day and the maintenance man for his apartment complex was like in his apartment doing something with thermostat, and then the the guy like thought that was normal. My buddy's like, "What do you do? It's the middle of coronavirus, and you're just walking into people's apartment, just <laughs> like touching stuff. What are you doing? Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> and like it wasn't announced or anything either. So uh, he's got might have to look into that a whole living situation but that's neither here nor there neither here nor there but that's our favorite flyers goals please uh at us on twitter with your favorite flyers goal if you would like to share and uh yeah if you want to reach us on twitter the best place to reach us for any feedback i completely love that but who cares craig is that sports are bad sports are bad and i will have uh speaking of the uh we talked about the 2003-04 team a little bit, but I will be writing about them for tomorrow as the oh, wow. third team of the uh, best teams never to win it for the Flyers. Uh, I think 96-97, Mike did that on Monday. Drew did 2009-10 today, or yesterday when you're listening. So go read my thing, which is out now. And then nice. I also do have, I have a couple more articles uh, lined up, but I want to actually get them out there before I keep talking about them. So hopefully when we put out fly purple, I'll talk about how I wrote them. <laughs> That's my goal is to get photos <laughs> out. Yeah. So yes. And uh fly purple will be coming out later this week. We're probably recording Wednesday or Thursday, but likely Thursday as we have been for Friday release. Uh, you can reach me at fly purple or at SD bomb, but for all of your hockey needs, make it fly purple. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and check out all of the other great podcasts that we have going on on Broad Street Hockey right now. There might be no hockey being played, but we are not... We're still talking about stuff. I don't know if it's necessarily hockey, but we're talking about stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you can't really argue that. We're definitely going to be saying words. We're going to be talking about some things. And uh, if hockey never comes back, we're going to keep doing this. I think it should come back, though. I have a feeling. I think it'll come back at some point. So eventually eventually (laughs) all right gang that's all we got hope you enjoyed the show and stay safe out there wash your hands keep those social distance that's six feet apart from people and until next time in the words of the great gene hart good night and good hockey hello everybody this is fly purple It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby, no. 
it. All those hockey guys, these are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Fly, 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 fly.